Hello and welcome to Middle Collegiate Church Online. I am Natalie. I'm the digital minister here at Middle. We're so glad that you are joining us for this worship celebration. Thank you so much for coming. Um, it is Communion Sunday, so maybe some of you came and grabbed communion from me and uh, Marlene before worship. If you didn't and you'd like the communion elements, you can meet us after worship in front of Middle um, from 1 to 2 today. Uh, also, it is a holiday weekend for some of you and for others you are trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents but as a community let us take a deep centering breath together and let us worship God
And now let's say together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in whatever language or way that feels right to you. There's an inclusive version coming up on the screen now, should you like to use that. Let's pray together now. Ever loving and holy God, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now family, let's get ready to pass the peace of God with one another. May the peace of God be with you. Amen. everybody. God's peace is a gift that we can share with one another. And so I wish you peace now and always. Peace be with you. The peace of God be with you. We miss you, middle. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Smile is the best to fight against violence. Peace be with you. Peace be with you, middle church. Sending love and peace from Southern California. Peace be with you, Middle Church. Just want to wish everyone a big, loving peace be with you during this hard time of this COVID-19. Peace be with you from Brooklyn. Hey, Middle family. I know these are crazy times, so I just wanted to sing you a little message of peace. Peace be with you, Middle family. Peace be with you, everyone. Peace be with you, Middle. I miss you so much. I can't wait to see you again and give you a big hug.
Our scripture today is from Zechariah chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. Listen now for a word from God. The word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Zion with great jealousy, and I am jealous for her with great wrath. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts shall be called the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with staff in hand because of their great age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, even though it seems impossible to the remnant of this people, in these days should it also seem impossible to me, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them to live in Jerusalem. They shall be my people, and I will be their God in faithfulness and in righteousness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hey, middle family, Jackie here. I'm excited that I am with you live today, uh, live from my office, um, sending you love from me and John. Let us say a prayer. Eternal God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as we seek to hear word from you, Holy One, may the words of my mouth 
and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In our family, the 4th of July was a really important holiday. It's right there with Memorial Day and Labor Day, uh, an excuse for dad to pull out his big Weber kettle grill, throw some charcoal in there, uh, light the fuel. I love the smell of the lighting charcoal and barbecue ribs and dogs and burgers for us. It was a time when we celebrated um, our freedom, when we celebrated American freedom. Mom would always make a red, white, and blue outfit for me and my sister Wanda. One year it was red, white, and blue hot pants, honey. We were very cute with our red shirts on. This was my, my childhood innocence, celebrating American freedom, waiting to see the Boston Pops on orchestra, playing all the beautiful songs. Um, this was the way the 4th of July felt to me. I don't know about you, but it doesn't feel that way to me now. And it hasn't for years. I mean, it is true that our nation became a nation and I get that, but it feels fraught these days. And I'm especially shaking, quite frankly, not able to catch myself as I think about the president of the United States standing on stolen land, saying words that sound on one level right and true and on the other level are laced with lies and frankly, BS. Take a listen. We gather tonight to herald the most important day in the history of our nations, July 4th, 1776. At those words, every American heart should swell with pride. Every American family should cheer with delight. And every American patriot should be filled with joy because each of you lives in the most magnificent country in the history of the world, and it will soon be, wait for it, greater than ever before. Our founders launched not only a revolution in government, but a revolution in the pursuit of justice, equality, liberty, and prosperity. No nation has done more to advance the human condition than the United States of America. And no people have done more to promote human progress than the citizens of our great nation. We will proclaim the ideals of the Declaration of Independence. We will never surrender the spirit and the courage and the cause of July 4, 1776. Upon this ground, parenthesis from Jackie, this stolen ground, we will stand firm and unwavering. In the face of lies meant to divide us, demoralize us and diminish us, we will show that the story of America unites us, inspires us, includes us all and makes everyone free. This is the part that really, we must demand that our children are taught once again to see America as did Reverend Martin Luther King when he said that the founders had signed a promissory note to every future generation. Dr. King saw that the mission of justice required us to fully embrace our founding ideals. Those ideals are so important to us, the founding ideas. He called on his fellow citizens not to rip down their heritage, but to live up to their heritage. Okay. How dare he arrogantly toss around the words of the great Frederick Douglass and the great Martin Luther King Jr. How dare he invoke the names of our great heroes, Harriet Tubman, Jesse Owens, Louis Armstrong, Muhammad Ali, and others, and say they would never have been able to become who they were except for being America 
when the truth is that they were able to survive and thrive in this hot mess of a nation, still dripping with the hatred of black bodies, still yearning for the blood of anyone who is not white, straight, and rich, they were only able to do it because of their tenacity and strength. And let's get King straight. Let's get him straight, sir. This is what he said at the Washington March right after Juneteenth. This is what he said. He said, in a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our great republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men and white men, would be guaranteed the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given its colored people a bad check, a check that's come back marked insufficient funds. But King went on to say, we refuse to believe that the bank of injustice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity. We refuse to believe that. So we have come to cash this check, he said, a check that will give us upon our demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. And King also reminded the people of the fierce urgency of now. He said, this is not the time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now's the time to make real the promise of democracy. Friends, now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to make justice a reality to all of God's children. It's not enough to watch fireworks and sing patriotic songs. We, the people of the United States of America, we, the darker brothers and sisters, we, all of us, allies and accomplices, must make America just, democratic, fair, and make it work for all of us for the very first time. This is what our forefathers wrote. They who felt manifest destiny, they who got on boats and traveled across the pond to these United States to land Turtle Island already belonging to indigenous people, this is the dream of their heart. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds which they've connected with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and the nature of God entitled them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Yes, they said men that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, the rights that are among them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter it, to abolish it to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and their happiness. 
Friends, America doesn't work. Friends, America is broken. Friends, American democracy is a pile of rubble littered with blood and suffering and sweat and tears. The writer of Zechariah wrote to an exiled people, a people separated from their livelihood, separated from their government, separated from their temple and sent to a strange land. And when those people were returning home, when they were coming home from exile, they came to broken down places. They came to, to rubble, to, to destruction. They came to a few old people and a few children left behind because they didn't have the skills or the power or the stuff that was worth exporting to another place. The writer of Zechariah paints a vision, a vision of a preferred reality, one in which God's presence would be so full in the city, in the space, that there would be glory and justice and righteousness. The writer painted a picture of a place so safe that senior citizens and children would kick it in the street and have that, I don't know, barbecue party that I'm so yearning for in a time and a place when everybody is safe and well. America doesn't work, my friends. It didn't work in the time of Frederick Douglass and it's not working in this time for us now. By now you've no doubt seen all over the interweb pieces of Douglas's speech that he preached, the preaching that he did on July 5 because he refused to talk on July 4th, in which he said, fellow citizens, I'm not wanting in respect for the fathers of this republic, the signers of this declaration of independence were brave men. They were great men too, great enough to give frame to a great age. It doesn't often happen to a nation to raise at one time such a number of truly great men. The point from which I'm compelled to view them though is not the most favorable and yet I, I cannot contemplate their great deeds with less than admiration. They were statesmen, patriots, heroes and for the good they did and the principles they contended, I will unite with you to honor their memory. But, but, oh, had I the ability and could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour out a fiery stream of biting ridicule blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it's not light that's needed, but the fire. It's not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. America doesn't work, my friends. It just doesn't work. And we need the storm. We need the whirlwind and we need the earthquake. Now, Frederick Douglass wasn't, a, wasn't a, a climatologist as far as I could tell, and I'm certainly not. So I had to take myself to the dictionary, honey, to look up storm, storm, any disturbed state of a body, especially affecting its surface and strongly implying a wind force. It may be marked by significant disruptions like lightning and thunder and rain, a disturbance. A storm is a disturbance. By the way, uh, my friend at the Auburn 
a seminary call me Storm. That's my ex name for my for my superpowers. Yes, Halle Berry was Storm, and and they say that I'm Stormy, that I can bring the sunshine and I can bring the rain. I'll tell you what is true. I am disturbed in my body, and I hope you are too. I hope that we are disturbed in our body, disturbed in our spirits, disturbed in our souls. Because when we're disturbed, when we're disturbed and we need to be so disturbed in our guts, so disgusted, so disappointed, so despairing about the present conditions in this nation that we have no choice but to see ourselves as disruptors. We must disrupt the apathy that still exists in this nation about the lives of black people even in this time, how many of you are still arguing with your friends about why we say Black Lives Matter? Don't all lives matter? Of course all lives matter. Of course all lives matter. Someone told me a story, you've got one kid in your house who, who, who has a cut on her finger and you have another kid in the house who fell down and broke his arm. Which one are you attending to? The cut or the broken arm? All lives matter, but we have to Defend Black lives. We have to support Black lives. And what do I mean by that? We have to shop in Black stores, put our resources in Black areas, go to Black restaurants. We need to fund Black learning, make a donation to the United Negro College Fund, get involved with raising Black geniuses with our care and our support. We must consume and what I mean by that is learn, not appropriate, but consume Black culture and history and music because Black culture is our culture. Black history is our culture. And we must never default to all lives matter until Black lives matter because when Black lives matter, when Black education is the same as white, when Black wealth is the same as white, when Black neighborhoods have the same resources as white, when Black school districts have great teachers and great computers and great books and great laptops as white, when Black incarceration rates go down, when Black mortality rates go down, then we can say Black lives finally matter and then we can say all lives matter. I had to look up whirlwind because, you know, I'm not a climatologist. A major whirlwind, such as a tornado, is formed by supercell thunderstorms, the most powerful of storms. And when those storms start to spin, when they react with each other and high altitude winds happen, they create a funnel and it spins and spins and spins. And suddenly, suddenly, we have a whirlwind. Friends, Frederick Douglass says, we need a storm and we need a whirlwind. We need a whirlwind in order to reclaim our democracy. We need to put your storm with my storm, your disturbance with my disturbance. We need a whole tsunami of disturbances whirling together to make this world just. A concrete demand from the, from the Black Lives Matter movement is to reclaim our democracy by fighting against voter suppression. And I want you to know that the anti-racist groups in Middle Church are working just on that. They've moved from studying and reading to become advocates to reclaim our democracy as we reclaim the vote. Claudia, Susan, and 20 other folks all work together on this voting project and they're happy to have you join them if they say you're ready to roll up your sleeves. So far, they've written 6,235 postcards to voters to encourage them to be registering, to 
They're also working to make sure that we get people who've been purged from the rolls back on the rolls so they can vote. They are not, they are not standing for any particular candidate, although wink, they are standing for certain values and they're standing for liberty and justice and fairness. They're standing against racism and for uh, LGBTQI justice. They're standing for the rights of women and children. They're standing for us to save the climate. We are they, and we understand that protecting the right to vote is the way we protect our democracy. This, this is the kind of whirlwind that we need. And Frederick Douglass says we also need the earthquake. And just to say, I understand that an earthquake is about two pieces of the earth coming together and pushing up the land. But since I didn't know that much about earthquakes, I looked that up as well. An earthquake is a word used to describe any seismic event, whether natural or, and I love this, caused by humans, that generates seismic waves. We need an earthquake. At the middle of an earthquake, science says, is a hypocenter. That's the thing that causes the quake to happen in the first place. I'm going to say dead Black people seems to be the kind of hypocenter that is causing us to erupt, to move, to work, to change things. We need an earthquake. We need to question every assumption we've made about what this, what this democracy needs to work. We need to make connections between the violence of the police and the violence of the, of the, of the folks set back out to capture escaping slaves. We need to understand that this nation was built on violence, is therefore policed by violence, and therefore it is a dangerous place for people like me. We need to shake up our every assumption. And the movement for Black lives is demanding, demanding that we defund the police. Wow, defund the police. Some of my friends are saying to me, do you think we should defund the police? What do you mean, Jackie, by defund the police? Well, I've just been doing some, some research around it. Is it possible to shift millions of dollars out of police budgets into other places in civic life? The answer to that is absolutely 100% yes. Is it possible that rather than having police officers show up heavily armed and angry and afraid to the houses of citizens who might be just struggling with mental illness, that we could in fact put more resources into mental health? The answer is absolutely. Is it possible that rather than have, having police just looking around the, the, the neighborhood for any dropped pair of pants, any hat turned around backwards, any child, any woman's child looking like a dangerous threat, that instead we create community policing programs where those boys and those police officers are shooting hoops and, and, and building playgrounds together? Absolutely. We need an earthquake, my friends. An earthquake that shakes up every assumption we have about how to hold ourselves together and create something new. Because Amira, America's not working. It's not working for me. I dream a world where I don't have to preach sermons like this anymore. I dream a world where Octavius 
and Ophelia and your children are all judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I dream a world where there are no more Matthew Shepard murders and there are no more black trans women's murders. I dream a world where every community of faith understands that if it's not talking against racism, it should stop talking. I dream a world where it's not dangerous for my four brothers to be black men. I dream a world where young people aren't saying to themselves, gosh, I'm afraid to get in the car because I might not come home. I dream a world where God's presence is so, so obvious in every city, town, and hamlet that love is spoken as a common language in our diverse cultures. I dream a world where you and I know we're the ones we've been waiting for and we find our way to, to disrupt everything in our government that doesn't work. That we resuscitate any of the dream that the founders wrote and we make it real and we make it ours and we make it plain so our children are proud of us. This is my dream. What's yours? May it be so. Friends, it is time in our worship celebration where we commune with each other, where we participate in a ritual that is a ritual of, of liberation, that our Jewish family celebrated God's hearing their cry and answering their prayers to be, to be redeemed, to be rescued, to be liberated from enslavement and bondage. And so every, every Sabbath, they they break a bread and they share a cup and they remember if they belong to God who loves them just exactly as they are. And we who are Christian, any stripe of Christian, we understand that our ritual is built on their ritual. We understand that we are communing with the living God and reminding ourselves of Rabbi Jesus who, when he was with his friends, gave thanks and then broke the bread and said, this, this is my body, broken for you. Whenever you break it, do so remembering me. And in the same manner, in the same manner, 
and took the cup. And after giving thanks, he shared it with his disciples. He said this, this is the cup of a new covenant. Whenever you drink it, do so, remembering me. Whenever we break this bread and whenever we share this cup, no matter where we are, whether the cup is full of wine or water or coffee or mimosas, whether the bread is bread or crackers or French toast, the living God is present, nurturing us, inspiring us. So wherever you are with your family right now, I'm inviting you to, to participate in this ritual as we hear beautiful music offered by our own Deborah Burke McCarthy. Justice, yeah. Glory be, people, I'm your Lady Liberty, yeah. Rest in me, people, I'm your Lady Liberty, people. America, home of the brave, sweet land of the free.
liberty yeah. You and me, people, we are Lady Liberty Hola amigo, this is Carlos and this weekend I want to invite you to join the movement. I wrote down a couple of things to tell you why I love this community so much. LGBTQ plus youth are almost five times as likely to have attempted suicide compared to heterosexual young people. Think about that for a moment. Right now, a young man or a young woman might be thinking about ending their life just because their biological gender does not represent who they truly are, is not who they truly are, or maybe they fall in love with someone of the same gender and that fills them with fear and horror. I know that feeling, I had it. I was 14 years old and it was so terrifying that I concluded at the time that the only rational solution was to end my life because there wasn't any gay marriage or possibility of work. I could have been fired from anywhere in the Western world. There were little exceptions. There was news about all these crazy activists around the world that were trying to change how things were. Some of those activists were people of faith and they had the wildest concept, something I never heard. God loves you exactly the way you are. I carried that little free hope with me, thinking I would never find a church with this revolutionary love this message of inclusion for every person, no matter their ethnicity, their culture, their sexuality, their personal story. Fortunately, middle came along. I'm alive today because of that same spirit that lives at middle. I am certain that many people are alive because they saw us, because they heard and experienced from us this message. Maybe online, Maybe they saw us in the news, watching Jackie getting arrested in Congress for protesting for the things that are right. Maybe they just saw you at a CBS Christmas special and saw what a beautiful community we are. This love has to be shouted from every rooftop, shared in every form of social media, present in every TV channel, Every radio show, this message is beautiful. You know this. I know you do because you're watching this. And if you're watching this, you're already part of our family. You understand, fully comprehend that this society has to change because every black life matters. You say life, middle. I know you do. Every person who gets to know about us can see what it's like to live in a community where you can talk about who we are with pride, 
not shame. Every person who gets to know about us can see what it's like to fight for justice, not because it's trendy on Instagram, but because we understand we are the ones we were waiting for. At Middle, we talk about being beloved the entire year. And in the case of LGBTQ plus communities, not only in June, we don't add a rainbow to our logo, we are a rainbow. We embody this movement because this is who we are. Middle is just beautiful. But this glorious creation depends on you. You keep the lights on. So I'm going to beg you, please, 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 power this movement. Just need you to do two things. First, sign up to become a member. And the way you do that is you go to our website, www.middlechurch.org. And once you're in there, please donate $1, $10, $50, whatever you can. Each gift that you provide can transform a life. Do not underestimate how powerful your donation is. You might think it's little, but it's not. It's valuable. Every single financial gift matters. We're very thankful for your generosity. And we just want you to know that everything you do changes someone's life. There are other ways to give. You can go to our middle website at middlechurch.org slash donate and click the donate button. You can find us on Facebook and click the donate button. You can make a gift via text message. Just text the amount of your gift to 917-924-4666. Or you can send a gift through Venmo. Our handle is at Middle Collegiate Church. Middle needs you. I need you. I need you to empower love and justice in our country and in this world. We cannot do this without your help. Thanks for listening, Rambly. I love you, Middle.
Everybody, that was beautiful gospel choir. Thank you so much. Thank you um, so much for putting your beautiful voices in the worship celebration today. Thank you, John, Dion, and Jeff for making all this music and all the worship happen. Just want to tell you guys that today at the church, if you're close by, um, Natalie Renee and Marlene and Gloria Moy and others are there making sure that we can give you communion today live. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. I also am looking forward to being with you in the virtual chat and chew at one o'clock so we can chew down on this sermon and talk about all the ways that we are called to be a storm and a whirlwind and an earthquake so that we can make America 
the stuff of God's dreams, a place where children can play safely in the streets, a place where old folks like me are safe and have enough food on the table, a place for all of us, as Carlos said so beautifully, are welcome just exactly as we are, a place for you and me and all of God's creation to be free. So I give you this benediction and punctuating it is a beautiful piece of art that um, David Diggs is speaking in, but that um, some African-American actors put together uh, framing Frederick Douglass's speech in a way that will leave you speechless. I love you. God loves you. Take care of you and heal the world. Amen. What to my people is the 4th of July? My people who are failed every day by every country, sleepless in the long night, terrorized by fireworks. We who have cried salt baths for our kin. Look at all we have borne for you. Arms, armistice, the sweetest fruits, flesh of children, hidden away from the ugly summer of their own blood. We are on the front lines. Help me, tell me, what do we tell the children of your 4th of July? What is death to a daughter? What is river to a sea? Where is the country where my people are safe? Ancestors, set the table, send dream mares in high supply. Too heavy, too spent, too hot to cook. No promise beyond the sparkly, simple bombs. Keep your holiday, your hunger. Blood in your teeth, police parade down streets, proud descendants of the slave patrol, a theater of denial, a propaganda pageant, and we are on the front lines. All summer my uncle can't sleep and he was born free, and he ain't never been. We deserve a break. We deserve to laugh, talk shit, and scream. Every day I'm waiting for rain. Some indication that this land I'm set to die on will grow good enough to deserve me. Where is it? This country that deserves us, what do we name it? What is its 4th of July? How do I tell my children there is blue sky up there? Life through a brick through my window of opportunity. How dare I tell my children there is free? This day should be quiet. Every head lowered into the pages of history. It was illegal for us to read, and then we read the laws. The laws were illegal. Turned horses into squad cars, hounds into warrants. What to us is your 4th of July? Halos and kinks of fire, a middle finger, an ugly foil, a rain, a joke, where we are the punchline. A lie. Until you make it otherwise. <laughs>